Good morning. It is Kale and Company live for a Thursday. It is a delight to have you along with us here on WKXL. 103.9 FM in the Capital Region. 101.9 FM in Manchester and well beyond. And of course, uh, the signal that has been around for 77, 78 years now. 1450 on the AM dial. Some some young people don't even know what the AM dial is, but it's there. The signal is booming at 1450 on the AM dial and online around the world, around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. Come And coming up in the second half hour of today's program, we'll be talking with uh, a, a guy who's made already a, a big impact in a short time on the local sports scene, Eric Rinston Lobel. And uh, he uh, has uh, done a super job covering sports for the uh, Concord Monitor. And he will be joining us to talk about a number of things, including the shortage of of athletic trainers uh, in the state for high school sports uh, in particular uh, is what we are focusing on. And I'll, I'll tell you what, if you're uh, in high school right now and uh, you know planning to go to college and uh, uncertain about a career, one in athletic training uh, is, uh, is something that uh, you should give some thought to. If you're, if you're into sports, if you're an athlete yourself, uh, it could be a great career path because the demand is there. Of course, the demand is there for uh, many in health-related fields, nursing. And this is National Nurses Week, by the way. And thanks to uh, them for all they do throughout the year. And uh, and, and Tom Raffio has told me uh, that there's a, a great need for dental hygienists as well. So uh, lots of openings in the medical field. So if you're uncertain about what uh, career path uh, you would like to pursue, maybe uh, that would be of some interest to you. It is uh, Thursday, May the 11th, and uh, today, a cat is uh, eat what you want day. So no need to skip today. It is eat what you want day. A cat, if you could eat anything you wanted, what would it be? <laughs> what, what would it be if you could have... You know, anything, anything, you name it. Price is no object. You know, I love bolognese. Uh huh. And I think I would just eat that all day. <laughs> all, all day long. Yeah. All day. Yeah, long. I know. It's it's. I know it's strange, but no, no, no. it's it's great. How about you? Uh, lobster. Oh heck yeah. Yeah, it, it would be if I if, yeah. if, if you know price is not the object. I could just eat lobster all day. Uh, All day. Yeah, that sounds really good, too. Yep. So it's Eat What You Want Day. It also, by the way, ironically enough, on uh, Eat What You Want Day is Hostess Cupcake Day. And I could sit down and eat a whole box of those, too, <laughs> with with some chocolate milk to wash it down. Chocolate milk? Yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah. I love chocolate milk. You have a sweet tooth, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it look like I do? <laughs> Stop that. Uh, Stop uh, that. Hostess Cupcake Day, too. So uh, there you go. And it's also National Twilight Zone Day. So those days are being commemorated on this Thursday, May the 11th. Good news last night from Atlanta. 
Red Sox were winners. They snapped their mini two-game losing streak. Kenley Jansen became the seventh player in Major League history to record 400 saves. Pinch hitter uh, Raymond Tapia had the go-ahead RBI double in the seventh inning for the Red Sox, and they beat the Braves 5-2 on Wednesday night. Jansen, by the way, pitched for Atlanta uh, last year. And after his long career with the Dodgers, uh, that was his only year with the Braves. He had uh, 41 saves last year in his only season with Atlanta, faced four batters in the ninth inning, and recorded his ninth save in 10 chances for the surprising uh, Boston Red Sox. After it was all over, uh, Jansen said he was locked in. At the end of the day, that's an individual thing to accomplish. We're here to win ball games, get to the playoffs, and try to win a championship. A championship. It's just another day. You have to stay focused for that. It was an unbelievable experience, end quote. Jensen said he wanted to reach the 400 mark at Fenway Park, but did not mind doing it in Atlanta. He actually grew up as a Braves fan in Curacao. Uh, cheering for longtime center fielder Andrew Jones. So it doesn't get much better than that for Kenley Jansen. And uh, congratulations to him, 35 years old. And he now joins uh, a number of uh, greats on that uh, save list, 400. He uh, trails Billy Wagner by 22 saves for sixth place on the career list. Jansen retired Sean Murphy on a shallow fly, gave up a double to Eddie Rosario, retired Ozzy Albies on a flyout and struck out Travis Darnot, the former Fisher Cat, to end the ball game, lowering his ERA to a minuscule 0.77 on the year. Jansen is the first reliever since Detroit's Francisco Rodriguez in 2016 to reach the 400-save milestone. And the all-time leader, you know who that is. It is uh, Mariano Rivera of uh, the Yankees with uh, 652 saves. But congratulations going out to Kenley Jansen as he collected number 400 last night. He'll have a day to celebrate. The Red Sox are off on this Thursday, and they will resume play on Friday night at Fenway against the struggling uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And it'll be an interesting matchup because... James Paxton, the veteran left-hander, will make his first appearance for the Boston Red Sox. Paxton, a uh, veteran lefty, has uh, been uh, away from the Major League Baseball scene since 2021 due to injury. He just completed a 30-day rehab stint in the Red Sox Sox minor league system between uh, Portland and Worcester. Had a pretty good outing uh, last week for the uh, Woo Sox in Worcester. And now, tomorrow night, Friday night at Fenway, uh, he will make his uh, 2023 debut for the Boston Red Sox. I don't know if he has a pitch count. I'm sure he does. Probably won't exceed uh, 60 pitchers pitchers or so for tomorrow night. But we'll see how it works out. Hopefully he gets to that 60 pitch uh, plateau if that is indeed what the limit is going to be on him for tomorrow night at Fenway Park. So that should be interesting.
Big game tonight. Glad the Red Sox are off so we can focus our attention on the Boston Celtics because they are now, and they have put themselves into a must-win situation tonight in Philadelphia, trailing the 76ers in their Eastern Conference semifinal series, three games to two. They go into a very hostile environment uh, in Philadelphia tonight. And not an easy place to win. 76ers have been uh, not only getting uh, great play from uh, the MVP in the NBA, Joel Embiid, uh, James Harden has certainly come to life in this series with performances of 45 and uh, 42 points in a couple of games. And uh, the, the other, the role players are doing their job as well for the 76ers. But this is all on the Celtics. The, the, the Celtics' wounds have basically been self-inflicted. Very poor starts in most of the games. And uh, you know, Jason Tatum ha- has been uh, you know, not good from distance, from three-point range. Uh, he uh, you know, is just not himself, seemingly, uh, for whatever reason. And uh, the Celtics have struggled. They haven't gotten out of the gate very well. In uh, a few of the games, uh, they've made some bonehead plays, some bonehead coaching decisions as well from uh, Joe Mazzula. I don't know what's up with this team. I, I don't know. I really do not know what is up uh, with the Boston Celtics. And we'll find out. It'll be a real gut check tonight. Because if they don't win tonight, folks, you know what? The season is over for the Boston Celtics. Never thought I would be saying that this early. But they have their backs to the wall tonight in the city of brotherly hate, uh, Philadelphia. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Talk about more uh, stuff. Hey, I bet you watched Trump last night, right? You won't admit it, but I bet you did. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right here. On WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, we are powered by Northeast Delta Dental. Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us on this Thursday. Eric Rinston Lobel from the Concord Monitor will join us uh, later in this hour. NBA last night, Knicks over Miami, 112-103. Miami leads that series three games to two, game six tomorrow night in the sun and fun capital of the world, Miami Beach. Golden State over the Lakers, 121-106, staving off elimination in that one. L.A. leads it three games to two. And the game six will be tomorrow night in uh, Los Angeles. Tonight, of course, Celtic Sixers at 7.30. Uh, do or die for the Celtics tonight. Denver will be at Phoenix. Denver leading that series three games to two. NHL last night, Toronto stayed alive with a 2-1 victory over Florida. But the uh, Florida Panthers lead that series three games to one. Game five tomorrow night uh, in Toronto. Edmonton over the Vegas Golden Knights, 4-1, to series tied at 2. Game four, uh, game 5, rather, tomorrow night in uh, Vegas. And tonight, 
New Jersey at Carolina. Carolina leading that series three games to one. And the Seattle Kraken at Dallas this evening. That series tied at two victories apiece. So uh, there you have it. I haven't seen the ratings yet, but I uh, would guarantee that uh, CNN, some refer to it as the Clinton News Network, uh, others refer to it as uh, something uh, something else. But nonetheless, uh, I, I will bet their ratings uh, last night probably topped what they've had in the last 20 years at the cable news network with uh, Donald Trump holding a town hall meeting at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College. Uh, you, uh, I'm, a lot of people love Trump. Uh, many despise him. And there could be good reasons for both. I don't think there's anybody in the middle about uh, Donald Trump. So uh, I'm sure the CNN numbers uh, were through the roof uh, last night with Trump's uh, primetime appearance uh, on their airwaves. So uh, we'll see. We, we shall see. But my prediction is their best primetime rating in more than 20 years. Since, uh, you know, they've been on uh, the the far left side of every single issue for the last 20 plus years. Uh, People are tired of it. And uh, they tuned in last night, I'm sure, to see uh, Donald Trump in the first major uh, primary event of uh, the the season. Uh, One's uh, an event that uh, many, many eyeballs were focused on uh, last night. Another story that people were talking about yesterday was the one involving the Biden family, the uh, nine, at least nine or ten members of the Biden family. Uh, According to, uh, well, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, uh, James Comer, Republican from Kentucky, he said, we have never seen a presidential family receive these sums of money. From, uh, from foreigners, including U.S. adversaries. Uh, that, that's according to uh, Republican James Comer as he released a memo Wednesday highlighting some $10 million, $10 million, not chump change, from uh, foreign nationals that went to nine members of President Joe Biden's family. Text messages suggest that Hunter Biden regularly shifted funds directly to his dad, but Joe also plainly benefited just from having the whole clan taken care of. After reviewing bank statements, the committee warned that some of the fund transfers from overseas may be signs of influence peddling, you think? Flagging the Biden family's pattern of courting business in regions of the world in which the then-vice president had an outsized role and influenced U.S. policy. So that's uh, from the New York Post. And we'll see where that goes. We will see where that story goes. As many as uh, 12 banks have been involved, apparently. Though uh, Comer and uh, his fellow committee members have not reviewed records from all of them as yet. It's kind of the uh, financial gymnastics, as one politician put it, straight out of crime films. Of course, the president denies any wrongdoing by him or his son. And uh, 
We shall see if uh, Joe Biden ever takes any questions about that or anything in, in general. Be nice if the president would uh, answer a question uh, now and then about uh, anything. The evidence uh, that he not only knew about the family business but participated in it is growing. But you won't hear about it in, in too many places, will you? want to remind you uh, that coming up one week from tonight, in the uh, reminded of this by a, a great article today uh, in the Concord Monitor, in downtown Concord, the biggest participatory event of uh, the entire year will take place, and that is the Rock and Race. One week from tonight, main fundraising event for Concord Hospital's Payson Center for Cancer Care returns. Much-anticipated road race consisting of a uh, 5K mile, uh, uh, five, a 5K, a mile run or walk, and a uh, shorter uh, one-mile loop through uh, downtown Concord. And the special event is held at the State House Plaza, downtown Concord. Starting bell will ring exactly at 6 o'clock. The event features live music throughout the race course, and delicious food from local restaurants. It's a whole lot of fun. The first 2,000 registrants for the Rock and Race will receive a 2023 high visibility t shirt with the 21st annual Rock and Roll Race design. So uh, it's a, I, should, I shouldn't say Rock and Roll, Rock and Race uh, design. Rock and Race uh, donations fund Concord Hospital's Payson Center. For Cancer Care, Hope Research, uh, the Hope Research uh, Center, uh, all year long. Donations help Hope provide programs and services for cancer patients and their families, including nutritional counseling, spiritual care, nurse navigation, uh, complementary therapies, and financial guidance, all at no cost to patients. This event, the Rock and Race has raised over $5 million for cancer care since 2003. So uh, check it out, the Rock and Race, and uh, register ASAP. Uh, I don't know whether the first 2,000 registrants have uh, already uh, staked their claim to a T-shirt, but uh, you can find out. And uh, it is just a terrific event. Whether you're a participant or someone that just uh, contributes to it and uh, watches uh, along the way. But uh, congratulations to all of you who do and uh, commit some of your time and money to the Payson Center. Uh, Also coming up on the local scene starting tonight, starting tonight, 7 o'clock, the first performance of Greece at Concord High School. That's right. Uh, it's going to be 7 o'clock tonight. And uh, if, if you don't want to watch the Celtics game and uh, want to see a great musical, Greece, Concord High School, it begins its run, uh, which will continue through Saturday. I've been driving by the signs now for weeks uh, promoting the event at Concord High School. Tomorrow, another performance at uh, 7 o'clock. And then they uh, wrap things up on Saturday. Uh, They have a performance, a matinee performance at 2, and another one at 7, all at Concord High School. So uh, 
Check it out. They have uh, they have a great theatrical program at uh, Concord High School and do a terrific job with uh, all of the productions that they have done over the years. And this year, it is Grease all this weekend, uh, starting tonight at the uh, Concord High School uh, right on Warren Street. You know where it is. Very, very close to our uh, WKXL studios here in the uh, in the Capital Region. So we will be chatting with uh, Eric Rinston Lobel. He has arrived on the scene, ladies and gentlemen. He is in studio. We'll be uh, chatting with Eric about uh, many things happening on the local sports scene as the spring sports scene is uh, you know, kind of uh, winding down somewhere in the middle of their schedule. Everybody vying and jockeying for uh, postseason berths and uh, home field advantage or and uh, so we'll we'll talk with Eric about that as he knows a lot more about it than I do uh, on the local scene. But uh, we will be chatting with Eric momentarily when we continue here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. It is Kale and Company Live. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental. CoversMe.com. We'll take a quick break and then back with Eric Rinston Lobel of the uh, Concord Monitor after these words. So stay with us. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, as advertised. And we've been doing a lot of that advertising recently. Recently, Eric Rinston Lobel is with us in studio from the Concord Monitor. Good morning to you, Eric. Good morning, Ken. Great to be back. It is uh, always great to have you in studio. And uh, I woke up this morning, one of the first things I did uh, was listen to your podcast. Uh, I had uh, Spotify and I just went to uh, your uh, Monitor Sports uh, podcast with uh, Dan Atori. Very informative. I loved it. Thank you. It, it was great, great stuff. You had an interview, and uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the, the great part about it is uh, you guys were you know completely local, talking about the local scene. There's always something going on at this time of year. I mean, we're talking about just in this you know, immediate area. Uh, There are 40 or 50 events going on virtually every day of the week. Yeah, Dan actually just texted me saying that we had, uh, I think, 49 events yesterday. So we're going to have 101 inches of roundups in the paper, I think, tomorrow. So that's... uh, 101 inches. You know, quite a bit. when I was in high school, I I wrote for a a local newspaper in uh, Melrose, Massachusetts, and I covered sports, I covered hockey and basketball and football for them. And I used to get paid by the inch. I, I would go in, uh, it, it was a weekly newspaper, and it, and it came out uh, on a Thursday. And I would be anxious to see how many uh, of, of the inches they uh, they included uh, in, in the free press uh, in Melrose. But uh, uh, I got paid by the inch. Have you ever heard of that? 
I haven't, but no. that, uh, that roundup would be worth quite a bit if we were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 101 inches, yeah, that that would be. And, uh, and certainly uh, you could probably do 101 more if they, if they gave you the space. But we are uh, you know, heading down the home stretch of the local spring sports schedule. I know you were in uh, Ware uh, yesterday. John Stark uh, broke out of their recent doldrums with uh, an 18-to-1 win over Laconia. And uh, they're in the middle of a, a busy stretch right now. Uh, in Division I, uh, Concord is at 10-3. Uh, and, three. and uh, boy, the Tide uh, recently were spanked by Keene, a lopsided uh, victory for Keene. I, I, I wondered uh, what, it, what happened uh, in that one uh, to the Tide. But, uh, but since that time, they have recovered uh, nicely, and they had a 14-3 to three win uh, uh, yesterday at home over uh, Manchester Memorial there, 10-3. And three. and uh, your thoughts about uh, the, the Concord High Crimson Tide uh, baseball team? We talked a lot during the hockey season about uh, the hockey team. What about the baseball team? Well, the baseball team's pretty good too, Ken. Yeah. Um, as you said, yeah, 10-3. I think the thing that's stood out from following them is they have two pitchers that have kind of carried them on the mound, Brooks Craig, who you know well from hockey season. And we'll be playing baseball at Merrimack College after graduation. And then Matt Drews, their other starting pitcher, I believe he's a junior. Um, he, I, I haven't seen Brooks pitch yet. I've seen Matt pitch. Uh, doesn't throw much overpowering stuff, but throws strikes. And at the high school level, that's all that really matters. And uh, those two guys have done uh, a, a very important, done very important roles for. This team, I think there was a stretch during their April break, last week of April, when they went to Cooperstown, they had like four games in five days in three different places, and each game was like 2-1, to 3-2, 2 nothing. The bats were kind of quiet, but the pitching carried the load, and um, that, that's that been a big reason why they've been so successful this year. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that Cooperstown trip for the Concord High Crimson Tide, because uh, what what an opportunity. To go to uh, Cooperstown in the shadow of uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame and and play a, a couple of baseball games, it had to be a great thrill for those kids. Yeah, I mean, talking to a few of them afterwards, they were they were very uh, glad that they got that experience. It's not something that you get, you know, to do all the time. And I think something that the head coach Scott Owen had said was like, "That's what they're going to remember from their high school baseball experience. Oh. Not going to remember whether they won or lost." You know yesterday's game, but they're going to remember the the time they got to go to Cooperstown and play at uh, Double Day Field and, yeah. and all that. Oh yeah, quite an experience. And uh, Brooks Craig had himself uh, a great effort out there as well. What pitcher one hitter, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he had two starts that week. One Saturday, I think one like Thursday or fr- uh, one Thursday, and uh, both of them were complete games. And I believe the second one, yeah, was a one hitter. Wow. Oh. He, what, what a career he's had. Man, I'll tell you, both uh, from a hockey perspective, as everyone is, is well aware, and uh, baseball, too. He's actually, as you mentioned, going to Merrimack College on a, on a baseball scholarship. So the Tide now 10-3 uh, and three, uh, on the year, and they will be at Goffstown tomorrow. Next home game uh, is uh, next Wednesday at 4 against uh, Nashua North. Uh, Cole Brown at uh, six and three in Division Two. How about uh, Bishop Brady uh, battling for the top spot in Division Three? They're uh, eight and zero. Oh. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see them play yet. They're on my list of 
the many teams I've wanted to get to <laughs> yeah. see before the season's <laughs> over because we cover so many of them. Uh, but yeah, the, the the Giants are off to a great start this year in Division Three. Yeah, they really are. And uh, eight and zero, as we mentioned, uh, Belmont five and three, and they have a new scoreboard. They do. I yeah. also haven't seen them play. They're also on my list, but uh, I did talk to their. Uh, head coach Matt LeBlanc about the new scoreboard they got. He has been the head. He's been coaching there for I believe 16 years, and really since that time they've uh, they've needed a new scoreboard. And this year they finally were able to get one. And so now the fans at the games actually know what the score is. Yeah, so that that always helps, right? <laughs> it is helpful. <laughs> it is. It is. And in softball, uh, Hopkinton eight and three in Division three. Uh, Bishop Brady battling to. Uh, uh, turn things around there at uh, five and five uh, in Division Two. Cole Brown Northwood now uh, ten and two, and uh, they had a very emotional day uh, earlier this week at uh, at Cole Brown. Yeah, on uh, before their game Monday against Oyster River, um, they honored former Cole Brown softball player who was a captain, uh, Drew Sepatelli. She passed away tragically in a car accident on Thanksgiving morning uh, this past year. So they had a pregame ceremony where the head coach, Dave Alice, said uh, said a few things about what she meant to the program. Uh, Drew's mom, Melissa, got to speak. They were selling uh, shirts and other uh, items to fundraise for the scholarship fund that the family started to uh, keep her legacy going. Yeah, it was certainly a very emotional day, and you, you captured it uh, very well in, in your article. And in uh, Division One. Uh, Concord at nine and one uh, in their last three games, they've outscored their opponents fifty-three to one in their in their last three games. The uh, Concord softball team, uh, they are a powerhouse, and uh, you know battling for the top spot in Division One. And next up, uh, they're home uh, tomorrow against uh, Timberlane. Have you seen uh, them play this year? I have twice. Uh, the first one was opening day. They won, I think it was 12-1 to 1 or something like that, and then they beat, uh, I forget who, I think it was Goffstown in extra innings the second time at Rollins Park because uh, Memorial Field was unplayable. That's another really good team. They lost in the championship game last year to Exeter, who they will face on Wednesday next week. Exeter is currently undefeated, so that'll be a, a big test for them. And kind of like Concord baseball, Concord softball has two pitchers that they rely on to eat a lot of innings, Sarah Taylor and Maddie Wachter. Uh, both of them will be playing collegiately. And, uh, yeah, this is a really good team. They returned most of their players from last year, so uh, they're, they're going to be a championship contender again this season. Yeah, no doubt about that. As long as they can uh, keep the field dry uh, at, uh, at Memorial Field, which has been uh, an issue of late. Uh, what's the latest? Uh, are they... Uh, I know they've been talking about some uh, artificial turf that's, you know, uh, many uh, districts have, have gone to artificial turf. I know they've had artificial turf at Guild Stadium in Manchester for for many years. What's, what's the latest scuttlebutt with Concord? I wish I knew uh, because, as you said, every time it rains, there's usually a little swimming pool or multiple swimming pools that form yeah. uh, around the field. Uh, I think the real question is, like, if they decide to make it turf, is it just the football field? Is it everything? Because, I mean, I think there's somewhat of a misconception that you put turf in and you don't need to maintain it at all. and It's way easier than grass, but it's actually not. Uh, But I don't know. It's certainly an issue that I'm sure a lot of folks around here would like to have solved. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, improvements certainly are necessary. And I th- necessary, and I think they're they're on the way. I think they're on the way at uh, Memorial Field. Improved lighting, uh, among other things, and you know, the drainage system I guess was installed in the '70s and is uh, no longer uh, efficient or working at all. And uh, something uh, obviously will have to be done in the not too distant future. We'll take a break. Eric Rinston Lobel is with us from the Concord Monitor. Does an amazing job uh, covering sports of all sorts. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the shortage of athletic trainers uh, for local schools. Uh, coming up right after we take a break. Kale and Company live here on WKXL. NHtalkradio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We are back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Chatting this morning with Eric Rinston Lobel of the Concord Monitor. Does a, a great job with a lot of sports features and uh, game coverage, too. And, and now, how long? Uh, you, 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 what? You haven't even been there a year yet. No, I think uh, we're closing on eight months. Eight months. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I say, you've made a great impact on, on the local sports scene already. I mean, you have really thrown yourself into it and come up with uh, a lot of interesting storylines. And uh, it's terrific. It, it, it really is. You've done a great job. So uh, congratulations. A lot of uh, human interest stuff. And uh, one of them I was interested in uh, earlier this week uh, was your piece with uh, Kevin O'Brien, the uh, longtime athletic director at Merrimack Valley High School, uh, who retired last June, but he's still around uh, coaching softball. Yeah, he's back. It's his third year coaching softball. He was obviously known as the AD and the, the boys' basketball coach uh, at Merrimack Valley, but uh, he's been coaching the softball team. I asked him, you know, well, why, you still, why'd you do, why are you still doing this? Because his family moved to South Carolina. But, you know, he said the girls kind of talked him into it. I mean, he, he's coached them their whole high school softball careers, and uh, they want him back, so he, he stayed. Very popular guy. As you mentioned, the uh, basket, uh, basketball court was uh, named uh, in his honor, so uh, that that uh, was terrific. And uh, his, I guess his primary residence uh, right now is South Carolina, so he's coming back uh, to do the softball coaching. Yeah, definitely uh, – not for lack of dedication yep. from him. He still loves being part of the, the MV community. Yeah, no no doubt about that. Uh, the other article uh, this week that was uh, very intriguing was that about the, the lack, uh, the shortage of uh, athletic trainers uh, in the area. That was, I, I had not really thought about it, to be honest with you, because you just always assume that, that somebody is going to be there to take care of uh, the players should there be an injury of some type. Uh, but I, I, it's uh, it's kind of at a crisis point. Yeah, and you know I think cert- a few schools in the area have certainly moved in a very positive direction on this, particularly I mean, Concord uh, recently hired a full-time athletic trainer, uh, Crystal Terpstra, who was uh, interviewed for that story. Uh, John Stark recently hired a full-time athletic trainer. But you know, I was the, the the whole impetus for the story began when I was covering a boys lacrosse game at Hopkinton, 
and they were playing Kearsarge, and two of the Kearsarge players collided helmet to helmet, and one of them was clearly not right on the ground, and there was no trainer there to assist. So um, that got me thinking, and I found out that that's not you know a super unique situation because mm. even schools that do have trainers. You know, you know, like let's take Concord for example. You could have a softball game at Rollins Park, lacrosse game at Memorial Field. Yeah. You know, the trainer can't be in both those places at the same time if somebody gets hurt. So, uh, it, it's definitely an issue that I think most of the local schools are dealing with in some capacity. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. So, I mean, uh, if if youngsters are in high school right now, or uh, you know, thinking about what they would like to do for a career, there's lots of opportunities in the medical field, and this this is certainly uh, one of them. If you're an athlete, because many of these uh, trainers have been athletes themselves. In fact, probably most of them. Yeah, I know the two that I talked to for this story were former athletes in high school, and just like being around it. Um, you know, I think the thing is now is, you know, are, are we going to see more districts invest in making this a full-time position? Cause that's one of the reasons for the shortage is, you know, some schools are only doing this on contracted basis with, you know, outside organizations or whatever. And for trainers, I mean, that's not enough money to pay the bills necessarily. So it, it, it it's not, a, it's not always an attractive thing for them to want to do. So now that districts, some of them are moving to full-time positions, they're having more, more success. And, and now they, they've changed the requirements over the years. Uh, it used to be that uh, only a, a bachelor's degree was required. And now they, they've gone to uh, the standard that uh, a master's degree has to be required. Right, and that and that's another reason that yeah. we see this, and, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the part time versus full time. Is now you, you spent you know probably about six years worth of money on education, right? You know you want to be compensated appropriately after you graduate, and if you're only seeing a part time job, that's probably not going to be very appealing to you. So uh, that's that's certainly part of it. I mean, I was talking to uh, Molly McDougal, the Kearsarge athletic trainer, about it on our podcast that we put out uh, yesterday. Um, and she was saying, you know, you know, part of it is wanting to make, you know, healthcare is a very important field and making sure that their people are as qualified as possible is important. And that's fully reasonable. Um, but when you kind of make that change, you're going to also run the risk of people that just don't want to or can't afford to spend the extra money on the degree, given what the profession pays right now. Yeah, and Molly's been uh, at Kearsarge for quite some time, what, about eight and a half years, something like that? Yeah, closing in on eight and a half years. So they they are, are very fortunate because it has a, a trickle-down effect, too. And, and I mean, in, in many communities, uh, the fact that they do have an athletic trainer on staff certainly saves parents a lot of money uh, in the long run because they know they have that trainer that uh, checks in on the athletes and, and knows exactly what is going on with those who might have received uh, any kind of injury and uh, concussion along with uh, anything else that might be taking place. And it's reassuring to know that they have that uh, that trainer on site that the kids can go to. Right. And and I think that's important because when you think about this from an investment standpoint, you have you know certain districts that don't want to or haven't invested in a full-time position, maybe not thinking it's worth it. But then if you actually do you know, some of the math, and, and, and Molly talked about this on the podcast, like if, if she's there and a kid gets hurt, 
the parents don't have to take the kid to the doctor, the emergency room necessarily, because she can she can identify what the issue is and let them know what they need to do. If a kid hurts their shoulder, yep. she's the one that's going to be able to rehab them and get them back into shape. They don't have to pay for the kid to go to physical therapy. So, you know, in the long run, it it you know it pays it pays. Uh, pays off to have this, and I yeah. think Kearsarge is a good example of that. Oh, it does certainly pays dividends. So, I mean, all, all coaches are required to take a uh, concussion care course as well as uh, CPR certification. Uh, but you know, it, it really shouldn't be up to the coach because they they have other things that they're doing. And again, coaches. You know, some of them uh, might say, you know, oh, it's just, you know, you know, it's, it's nothing, you know, you know, suck it up, go go back into the game, that sort of thing. Uh, not all, but but some may. And uh, if you have that uh, that that certified uh, trainer on on staff, it could be a completely different scenario. Right, because I mean, like, it doesn't hurt to have more people on site who know how to do CPR and first aid and are, right. or know how yeah. to look for signs of concussions, but. You know, as you said, like when a coach is coaching a game, they're paying attention to the game. They're not necessarily paying attention to a kid that that collided with somebody behind the play. And did they get up? And were they, you know, were they struggling to get to their feet? The trainer is there specifically to watch for those things, and they're the ones who are best equipped to make the call of does this person need to come out of the game? You know, the the, the coaches are not always well equipped to do that. The officials are not well equipped to do that. But, you know, if you have somebody there who is looking for these things, you're going to be in a much better position to prevent somebody from getting really, uh, really hurt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some schools have to go to uh, some at some games, as, as you pointed out, there is no coverage uh, whatsoever. And uh, that's uh, that's uh, uh, certainly an issue. Uh, but a lot of uh, communities are relying on uh, EMS crews on a per diem basis. And, uh, it, you know, that has to be costly and not only costly, but uh, there's not always availability for those crews to staff the games. And that's why I think you saw like a school like Concord saying, you know what, we need to make this a full time position because. They had, I think, five or six different part-time athletic trainers cycling through just in the fall. Mm. Um, and then, you know, John Stark would have to have Ware or Henniker uh, EMS services at their football games. And, you know, th- sometimes they're happy to help out in the community and whatever, and they'll maybe sometimes volunteer their time even. But that's not a sustainable long-term strategy, oh, right? right? And and obviously football, you definitely need to have an ambulance or somebody with that level of expertise there. But Beyond that, I mean, soccer, you have a sport with a you know, somewhat high rate of concussions. Uh, lacrosse, especially boys lacrosse, when they have the helmets on. Uh, you could have kids getting hurt hockey. So the, all these sports that are high contact that, you know, it, it just it, it, it goes a long way to have somebody with that level of experience at these games. And when you talk about games, as you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, there can be upwards just in this area of, of 50 going on you know at the same time just in you know the uh, this particular uh, area of the state so it's 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 something that is uh, is needed uh, you know and uh, again for those people trying to find a career path if you're thinking about it maybe if you're, you're an athlete in high school right now and would like to stay involved in sports but no you don't have the the great skill to uh, go on and play at the collegiate level or beyond that uh, maybe this is a, an avenue that uh, you'd like to take to uh, to stay in sports and, and make a good living at it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's same similar logic to why I'm doing what I do now. I wasn't good enough to play in college, so may as well find a way to stick around it. That's right. That's what I've been doing for years. I wasn't even good enough to play in high school. <laughs> Eric Rinston Lobel, uh, thanks so much for being with us today. Always enjoy uh, reading your articles in the uh, Concord Monitor. And uh, anything coming up that's special for uh, Sunday? Uh, nothing for Sunday, okay. but uh, I'm going to have a story hopefully on Concord softball success so far this year in the paper soon, so keep an eye out for All that. All right. Keep a watch on the uh, on the Concord Monitor for uh, Eric's stories. Always terrific. And uh, thanks for coming in. And that'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company Live. Celtics coming up tonight at uh, 7.30. Do or die in Philly. Thanks for joining us here on Kale & Company. And if you missed any of it or just would like to hear it again, we'll play it for you right after 7 o'clock tonight, right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental.